Thank you, praise team. And here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it. If you've never given the, your heart to the Lord, we pray that uh, during the message that the Holy Spirit would do some radical surgery and that uh, you would, uh, well, just, just give your heart to the Lord for the sealing for eternity. I thought I might share with you a few slides that uh, came across here. Perhaps you've seen this one. I saw that at uh, one of the uh, local areas, and the deputy was still in the car, and I went up to him, and I said, thank you for your service, but I want to thank you more for the message on the back of your vehicle, and he smiled and said, thanks, and he says, our captain will be very appreciative of your comments, so feel free to do those kind of things when, when you see them. I uh, hope you think that, and in your mindset, that West Highland is a house of prayer. And so I, in my surfing the net this week, came across this one under the authority of the great physician. You, today, daily dose of prayer. See you at 10 o'clock Tuesday morning. That uh, is advertising for the prayer warriors. And see Mike Wilson for more information there. And uh, look at that. Uh, Refills Unlimited, Pharmacy the Bible, No Generics, West Highland Baptist Church. I shared this uh, slide with you back in December. And this particular side, how can I pray for you today, has been on my heart and mind for uh, many weeks. And so today, we are going to share with you that very question. How can I pray for you today and tie it all together? And if you would uh, take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6, uh, we'll take a look at verses 18 to 20. If you do not have your Bible... Take a look at uh, uh, the Pew Bible, and I think it's on 911, 911. And these are the words of the Apostle Paul. And he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whatever, whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly Make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his word today. Before I really get into the message, I want to share something about church membership that Pastor Tom's going to be having right here. And if you've been attending West Highland for a number of months and you have not made that uh, next step, so to speak. We encourage you to do so, to learn what membership's all about, what, what really takes place, what are the next steps. And you should be anxious to learn more. Pastor Tom's going to cover that. And uh, Leanne and I have ministered in five churches, and I can categorically say, and I know Leanne would uh, affirm this as well, that West Highland is the gold standard in ministry. And you saw three weeks ago our adult Sunday school class and the teachers and, and the teaching and, the, and what they were going to be teaching the class and, and sharing. Last week you saw the uh, elementary folk, the younger saints being the teachers for them and what all they were covering. And then junior high and high school leaders, uh, Hannah and Brandon. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. 
And so I hope that uh, uh, you want to learn more. Our messages uh, are Christ-centered, biblically focused, and uh, so we invite you to stick around right after the service to uh, hear what Pastor Tom has to say on church membership. Also, I wanted to promote baptism in two weeks, and if you've never been baptized by immersion, then after you made a decision for Jesus, we invite you to attend that particular class, and then we plan to have baptism on uh, Resurrection Sunday on the 31st, four weeks from today. And maybe you were sprinkled with water when you were an infant. We call that child or baby dedication, not really baptism as, as the Bible teaches. And some of you might say these words, well, the thief on the cross was not baptized. Well, that's true, but you're not the thief. And if the thief had an opportunity, I know he'd want to be baptized. And maybe you say baptism never saved anyone. You're absolutely right. In fact, the Bible teaches in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9, these words, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. Well, what does apply you? But that, you know, when I talk about that, um, what applies to you? Well, what applies to you is Jesus was baptized. He was God. And Jesus also issued the Great Commission. And we remember that, right? Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And something else that applies to us, I think, is this. Jesus informs us that if we love him, we will what? Obey what he commands. Obey what he commands. So do you love Jesus? Yes. Amen. Again, baptism in two weeks. Years ago, a friend of mine shared a book with me written by a pastor, Charlie Shedd. And uh, in this exciting book, and I think he had in mind West Highland when he wrote it because it talks about prayer. What would happen? The exciting church where people really pray. And uh, again, I don't remember much about it, but an individual came on the board where Charlie was the pastor. And this young man asked this question. What would happen if everyone in the church were prayed for every day? Interesting question, eh? We all believe in prayer, don't we? And even if we don't pray very much, we still believe in prayer, and maybe most of our prayers, we send up a prayer flare when we are in an emergency, when we really get stuck, when we can't handle stuff. But uh, sometimes we even may uh, be like and uh, think, well, John Jeremiah and Betty Lou's prayers are great prayers. I just love hearing them pray, and uh, their prayers are effective, but mine, not so much. And they, I, I think God listens to their prayers more than he does mine. Well, if that's your thinking, i got some good news for you. God hears your prayers. So what would happen here at West Highland if every day a member was prayed for by someone? What would it do to our worship? What would it do to our preaching? What would it do to our ministry teams? What would it do to our evangelism and outreach ministries? And what would it do to our relationships? Our church would not be the same. 
if every person were prayed for every day by someone. Let's think about that and hold, hold that thought to the end of the message. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul nears the end of his magnificent letter, and he calls on Christians to put on the whole armor of God. Pastor Tom has talked about that armor in verses 10 to 17 in the past. I won't plow that ground again today. Uh, read it on your own. And in those verses, we put this armor on for protection, and we got the sword of the Spirit, which is an offensive weapon, and so we're ready to go. But Apostle Paul says this, and pray right after he tells us those things with the, with the armor of God. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of requests and prayers. In the school of Christian living, this is basically prayer 101. There's nothing difficult to understand in unwrapping this passage of Scripture, but uh, I think it's applicable, so let's take a look at it. And we're going to take a look, and I don't think it's any accident, again, that we have these words right after the piece on the armor. And prayer is the ultimate weapon uh, on spiritual warfare. And it's not part of the armor. It's that which makes the armor effective as we reach out and be all that we can be. There's a professor, a dean actually, at a university called Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Deerford, Illinois. And he's the professor of biblical and systematic theology. And here's what he says about this. The armor of God is not enough without the God of the armor. And prayer is the link holding it all together. In our scripture, Paul gives five fundamental uh, principles regarding prayer. And the first thing he says is this, pray in the Spirit. That means under the influence of, that means under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And it helps to me to think about it this way. Praying in the Spirit means following the Spirit's guidance. Because prayer is the language of God, it is the language of heaven, and is given to us through impulses of the Holy Spirit as he comes to in our hearts and our consciousness and, and gives us thoughts. He, he not only invites us to prayer, he incites us to prayer, and he ignites us to pray. And sometimes you'll think about, and something will come into your consciousness, and you'll say, I, I think you ought to pray about that. Well, if that happens then do it. Stop what you're doing. My sister called me uh, here on Tuesday, and she says, Brother, I want you to pray for me. And I says, Absolutely. And uh, I said, What's going on? And she said, Well, I've got a uh, deep vein thrombosis. I don't, is, that what the, is that how you say it? Deep vein? any rate, it's a, it's a serious blood clot in the leg. And she was in a tremendous amount of pain and given some blood thinners. And of course, if a piece breaks off, it could cause an embolism. It could cause a blood clot in the brain. So she was saying, put me on your prayer list. I said, okay, I'll do that, but let's, let's pray right now. We stopped and prayed right now. I was talking to Andy Gibson yesterday, and uh, in the conversation, I says, uh, Andy, how can I pray for you? Because I was remembering the title of my message, and I've been using that lately. So I said, how can I pray for you? And he shared, well, I'd like to have wisdom. We'd like to grow. And I've got an expo coming up in Ann Arbor in the near future. I forget what day he said it was, but 
I said, well, let, let's stop right now and pray. Those are your requests. So we prayed for wisdom. We prayed for growth here in Michigan, and it would just uh, permeate and get out of hand here in Michigan that that ministry of certain hope would just blossom and bear fruit. And I said to him, I'm going to add something else, Andy. How about if we pray that it goes nationwide? Not just statewide, but that this is just a fantastic ministry as you connect with individuals. And he was just overwhelmed by that. So the idea is whenever you have opportunity for prayer, just simply stay right on the phone or wherever. Or let's pray right now and take care of the matter. I don't know if you're like me, but in the past, somebody would asked me to pray, and I'd say, okay, I'll pray for you. And I get home or whatever, and I forget. And, oh, man, so I've learned, and you might learn from that, too. But just sometimes we just say, okay, we need to stop and pray right now. And uh, maybe when we're on the phone, maybe when we're at work or listening to the radio, sitting in church, uh, having a sleepless night, getting ready for surgery, let's just simply go to the Lord in prayer. If you think about it, do it. You don't have to pray out loud, and uh, the Lord's going to hear you because he hears our heart, he knows our thoughts even before we utter them. And there's one thing you know for sure. Your prayer is not of the devil. The devil would not want you in prayer, and so therefore you can assume that that's a prompting of the Holy Spirit. And pray about the things that the Lord lays upon your heart as you're thinking about stuff throughout the day. And the passage in Romans, I don't know if you remember it, but in the 8th chapter, we have these words recorded where he says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself prays, intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I'm reminded of the little girl who was praying and was so earnest about everything that she was saying, and she was praying, and she's A, B, C, and Dad's standing there at the door, and what the heck is this? And she goes all the way through the alphabet and gets to Z and says, Amen. He knocks on the door and said, Sweetheart, I couldn't help but hear your prayer. He said, That's very interesting. What does that mean? And she says, Well, Dad, I don't know uh, all the stuff here uh, in the family, in the community, and all around me. So I just say the alphabet and let God fill it in. He comes alongside us, and that's true. Scripture tells us that. And uh, he, our feeble prayers, the Holy Spirit takes them to heaven and lays them before the throne of grace. Have you ever heard that song, Have a Little Talk with Jesus? Have a Little Talk with Jesus? And uh, sometimes we need to uh, do that. And he'll answer by and by. And You know, the important thing, remember, is Jesus said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so we've got the Holy Spirit, the power, the presence, the participation of the Holy Spirit, 24-7, 365, just calling him. So let's make this, uh, let's don't make this hard. It's not difficult. And when you feel like praying, simply do it. And then we're told to pray on all occasions, all occasions. And the Greek word here is karos, karos. And when we think of that word, it means uh, when we feel the need for God to just acknowledge his presence and come alongside us. 
come alongside us and pray on all occasions. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think we get the mentality that, well, we don't need to bring to the Lord the small stuff. You know, we often maybe think that. What does God say? It's all small stuff. It's all small stuff. He's God, and, and we are in his infinite care. It all matters to him. And I think of our own two sons who are grown, and I, uh, Wade's in Grand Rapids, Derek is in Towson, Maryland, and Leanna and I are just thrilled when we get a call from them, and even better when we do a FaceTime with them. And God's like that. He likes to hear from us. And so let's go to him in prayer. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. If you look to David and see what his prayers were, he was constantly praying if you read the Psalms. For instance, in Psalm 4, we are reminded that he prayed at the end of the day. In Psalm 5, we see him start his day with prayer. Do you start all of your days with prayer? And in uh, Psalm 6, he prayed in the aftermath of his failures. I don't know about you, but I failed far too often, and I just say, Lord, help me. Help me learn from this. Help me to grow. Strengthen me. And in Psalm 7, we read how David prayed when the pressure was on and he was under attack. In Psalm 8, he prayed when he thought the, when he, when he thought the creative power of God. He sought that power of God. In Psalm 9, we see that he prayed in times of joy. In Psalm 10, he prayed when he felt isolated. And so I think it's safe to say that David prayed reflecting God living in him. And uh, then we have what we call pray with all kinds of prayer requests. Pray with all kinds of prayer requests. And uh, this morning, Debbie shared that uh, she was wanting some Nestle's Crunch. In the refrigerator, Leanne had put three bars of Nestle Crunch, but she didn't put Debbie's name on them. So guess where the Nestle's Crunch went? Yours truly here started uh, gobbling them up. And I got down to the last one, and I said, hey, I feel guilty I've eaten two of these. And she says, what? They're for Debbie. And, uh, oh, man, so Debbie only got one. <laughs> Reminds me of a little guy in a grocery store, and I thought this was really cute. Mom had taken her son with her to the grocery store, but before they entered the store, Mom tells her little boy, now you're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies, and so don't ask. Well, the little guy was in the cart in the child's seat, and Mom was going down the aisles getting groceries. He was doing just fine until Mom came down the cookie aisle, and he saw those chocolate chip cookies, couldn't contain himself, stood up in the cart and said, Mom, Mom, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? No, I told you. Can you just hear this? No, I told you. Sit down and don't ask again. Well, they're going through the grocery store. Mom forgets something that she had to get in this particular aisle and comes back. Mom! No. So they approach the checkout lane. Mom is getting in her purse and getting out some coupons. And the little guy thinks to himself, I've only got one opportunity left. He stands up in the cart. Can you imagine this? Just a little guy yells at the top of his lungs, Would somebody please get me some chocolate chip cookies? Mom was beside herself before they left that day. Seven people had given him chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Pray all the time for everything. Paul says 
all kinds of prayers. We could talk about the content of prayer. We could talk about the posture of prayer. We could talk about association of prayer. We could talk about the style of prayer. We could talk about place of prayer and the objects of prayer and all of that. But you know, the true measure of prayer is not by any of those things. The true measure of prayer is, does it come from the heart? And are we asking the Lord's blessing and saying, Lord, I can't handle this on my own. I need some help. I need some help. Does it come from the heart? And if it does, then James 5.16 applies to us where it tells us that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And then we also have the idea that the Paul says, be alert, be alert. I want you to consider a soldier guarding a base in the Middle East and just been on a heavy skirmish uh, with the enemy and uh, heavy fighting. Now, compare that soldier with a security guard at the grocery store. And I think, who's going to be more alert? It better be the soldier in the Middle East, right? And uh, the one who believes he's on the front lines is going to take more serious approach to being alert. Our problem, I think, this is just my personal opinion, our problem is that we think we're a security guard at the grocery store. When in reality, we're on the front line. We've got God's armor on and uh, these things, and people are depending on us. And we think that our prayers really don't matter. Our prayers really aren't that serious. But the Bible tells us that the devil does what? He's a lion roaring around trying to devour somebody. And the Bible calls him our enemy. The Bible says he's a thief, he's a murderer, he's a liar, he's a deceiver, and he's out to destroy your life. Does that sound like a pussycat to you? Does that sound like we ought to have a serious approach to prayer? Look at Job. His 401k was wiped out. His retirement obliterated. His family killed. And everything that he had was destroyed. And he even had affliction from head to toe. How serious do we need to get about prayer? And our family needs prayer. We are in spiritual combat and spiritual warfare, and we don't realize it. Well, what does the Apostle Paul say? Keep on praying. Keep on praying for all the saints. And with our busy schedules... Would you say that prayer is a struggle for many? Prayer is a struggle for many. And if we're honest about prayer, it's not about finding time. You've heard me say before, a person has time to do the things they want to do. They don't have time to do the things they don't want to do. And so it's a matter of priority, in my personal opinion. Are we going to make prayer a personal priority? And uh, how about this one? Have you noticed uh, when distractions come? But this guy can't even hear. He is all about noise and stuff. And what's the Bible say? Be still and know that I am God. And maybe you have uh, uh, just uh, sat down to pray, the phone rings. Or you have sat down to pray and the washer is going ding-a-ling. Or the microwave oven says, done, done, or end, whatever yours says. And we've got all this stuff around us. A thousand things come crowding into our mind. We're distracted. 
And that's why Jesus tells us to enter our prayer closet, to get away from the distractions of the world and enter our prayer closet in Matthew 6, 6. Or perhaps you decide that when you spend uh, time in prayer, you get on your knees, you pray for yourself, your family, your friends, your leaders of the church, the missionaries you know, then all the missionaries they know in the world, then you pray for every country in the world. Finally, you pray by name every person you know, and you discover and look up, and it's been five minutes. The wider our circle of concern, the wider the results. Makes sense, doesn't it? Paul says, pray for all the saints. This, needs that we, this means that we need to be praying for everyone. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And I want you to think of your prayers as concentric circles with you in the center. Of course, it's natural to pray for ourselves first. And the Apostle Paul tells us this in just a few minutes. But then we pray for our friends and relatives. Then people we don't know, people we come into contact with. We're constantly in a state of prayer for others. And would you agree with me that the leadership at all levels of government needs our prayers? Amen. And the Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We've got a lot of things to pray for. Now I want you to take in verses 19 here. Notice this. Now Paul's getting serious. He's, getting, he's always serious. But here he says pray for me that whenever I open my mouth, Words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Take a look right there in the middle and you'll find a phrase, mystery of the gospel. Yeah, that comes from uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and here are the words for that. This mystery, what I just had underlined, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Jesus Christ. And so that mystery, there it is, if you ever hear it. He prays for clarity, that he might have the right words to say. He prays for courage, that he might have the right words to say, and then the courage to say them. And I think maybe that ought to be a prayer for all of us. We come into contact with people all the time, all over the place. Do we have the courage to tell them about Jesus or to say these words? What would happen? You go up to somebody, it doesn't matter if you're a cashier or whatever, and you said these words. You know, the pastor had a message this week, and I want to use the title of his message and ask you a question. How can I pray for you today? How can I pray for you today? That would be one way to start a spiritual conversation, wouldn't it? I'm going to take you back to last week. Do you remember last week? And uh, uh, there was actually embedded within my message a, a piece on evangelism and outreach, how you can minister and how you can take conversation further, and you really don't have to say anything except, then what? Do you remember last week when I was talking to you about the prime minister of England, um, and he, an individual came to him, Gladstone, and came to him and say, I'd like to share some thoughts with you and get your input. And so he says, uh, so Gladstone says, what do you want to do? He says, well, I, I want to go to law school. Then what? Well, then I want to be accepted into Parliament, into the House of Lords. And then what? Well, I want to do great things for England. Then what? Well, I'll probably retire and enjoy the good life. Then what? Well, I'll die. Then what? 
and he was speechless. He hadn't thought any further. And Gladstone said, go home and, and think about the most important part, eternity, eternity. Paul wrote from a Roman prison where he was chained to a guard 24-7. And uh, here's what blows me away about this passage of Scripture. When I look at this, uh, he doesn't say, get me out of prison. He doesn't say, get me out of these chains, get me out of this mess. He was innocent of any crime, as the Bible talks about. And he doesn't say what I would say. Pray that I get out of here as quickly as I can. That would be my prayer. Get these chains off of here, but that's not how he prays. He doesn't pray, cut me loose from these chains. He doesn't ask that his circumstances be changed. And because he understood that behind the Roman Empire was a force greater by far than the Roman army, and that was Almighty God. God had called him to this prison, called him to this place, and there was work to do there. And so he asked for prayer that he might be given the words to say to do God's work. Maybe that ought to be a prayer for us every day as we wake up. Lord, give me the words to say to people that I meet today. And uh, did he want to be set free? I'm sure that he did. I'm sure that he did. But that wasn't upmost in his mind. Whether in prison or out, he only wanted the courage to proclaim Christ as Lord and Savior. And he doesn't pray to be released doesn't even pray that his life might be spared. He doesn't even ask for a miracle. And just put in my mouth, Lord, some words to say for redemption. Well, I got two take-home truths for you today regarding our message. One is this. No one ever outgrows the need for prayer. And most of us had, have a hard time saying, pray for me. Or if I say, how can I pray for you? Well, gee, you're, you're thinking of something big or some life-altering decision that needs to be made. But remember, it's all small stuff to God. And uh, we need prayer. If we were strong, well, we're not that strong. We're not that strong. We're not that smart. We're not that clever. We're not that wise. We're not that brave. That's why we need others to pray for us. When pray for our, uh, all of our friends. And no one is so rich in blessings that it don't need prayer. Who preached the gospel more fearlessly than Jesus? No one other than Paul. And yet Paul wanted the Ephesians to pray for him. Was he a failure? Not at all. He wrote a great deal of the New Testament and opened Europe to the gospel. And uh, yet Paul was not afraid to admit his need for prayer. And he said, would you pray for me? And then I think the next thing we need to remember is no one ever outgrows the need to pray for other people. And sometimes people are going to be wounded if we don't pray. Sometimes people are going to give up if we don't pray. Sometimes uh, others will be deceived unless we pray. Someone will yield to temptation unless we pray. Someone will make a foolish choice unless we pray for wisdom for them. Someone will collapse under the load that they have in their life unless God's people are praying for them. And someone will walk away from the gospel unless we pray. And as I look through this congregation, I think there's enough for everyone for prayer. And let me return to the question that I posed to you earlier. What would happen in our church if everyone in the congregation 
was prayed for every day. What would that do to this church? Our outreach, our relationships, our faith, our ministry teams, our leadership, and if we prayed for each other every day. And I hope that you always consider West Highland a house of prayer, a house of prayer. Think of the word that would spread about here is a church that has prayer at the foremost and forefront of their thinking, and they are a people of God, and the lives that would be changed, not only in our church, but in our community. And uh, so I think that we would, we would just be a different people, knowing and having prayer. Think of the impact as we pray to God for God's work around the world, our leadership again in, in uh, our, our country. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for so great of and rich. Uh, well, thank you for Apostle Paul and his word and that all he has for us. And Lord, may each one of us be faithful. We should be on Joshua chapter 18 today. And as we read through your word, the totality of your word, uh, we, we need to absorb it. We need to apply it. And we need to share it. And so help us to be faithful in those things. For it's the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. You know, I've been preaching today on praying for somebody else. And what would happen if the church, if somebody prayed for everybody every day, what would happen? Well, I've just been convicted of the Spirit that uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray for each one of you every day for the next four weeks until Resurrection Sunday. If your name is in the church directory, you'll be prayed for every day. If it's not in the church directory, then see Leanne. She's going to be out at the information booth, information desk. She'll write your name down or put your name on a pew card and uh, hand it to me. But we'd love to pray for you every day for the next four weeks. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for each person here that is called to go forth and proclaim your holy word. In the name of Jesus, amen.